It's longer time. Yay! Yay. Lager Time, Poems, Stories and Thoughts, by me, Paul Cree. Who else? Greetings, 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 was genuinely a bit shocked. Regardless of my views on the royals, it feels monumental and like a great shift has just occurred. And after what feels like months with no rain, we now have lots of it. I like the rain. Well, I like hearing it. I often fall asleep at night time to different rain soundtracks on YouTube. Got a running joke with my mate Dean that I'm going to do a DJ set on Boiler Room with all these different rain tracks. The rain seems to evoke this heavy feeling of melancholy that I quite like. When I was a kid, we had a little porch out back and I'd sit on the back step eating biscuits whenever it rained, lost in my own thoughts. Now, I love having a good look out the window just watching it lash down. I'm starting to think, after all these years, that maybe it's not that healthy as I get absorbed in these elaborate reveries, eating my weight in crisps and biscuits. Simple essential things like talking suddenly become quite difficult, especially for my wife. I've included a few short poems that feature rain this week. I'd planned on starting a small series of short stories, got the first two lined up, but decided to search for one of these rain poems and as ever, found the file with a load of stuff in there. I fished out a few of them and stuck them up instead. Couple of little updates. Live stream podcast stream podcast stream podcast stream podcast stream podcast stream podcast. After listening to Niall O'Sullivan's Rusty Nile podcast, well worth checking out where he started doing a regular feature-length podcast episode where he reads out some pieces he's put up on his Substack page that month. I've been inspired to do something similar. I'm still keen on doing a live stream, but I want to treat those like I would a normal gig. So for me, that means committing things to memory and also practising the music. I'm not there yet, but a little podcast will get me on my way. Sounds good, mate. You won't see me reading bits of paper. I wanted to do it this Sunday, but I just found out my in-laws are coming to visit. Alas, maybe next week. Stay tuned. Toast in the machine. 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 Toast in the On Monday, I did the first mix down of this EP I've been working on over the last year or so. It's called Toast in the Machine. It will be my second self-produced music EP and hopefully a big improvement on the first one I did, Raw 64s of Boredom, which I didn't mix or anything. I like to think my production skills have come on a bit since then, though still quite basic. I've worked pretty hard on it though and it's sounding okay. I'm currently waiting to hear some feedback from my brother on the mix. He's an actual producer. 
I can bang out beat loops all day long, mate, and I can range and sequence, but mixing and mastering, I'm very much a novice. But as lazy as I am, I'm enjoying learning the process. It's five tracks and it's like electronic rap, I guess. Something like Ghost Poet, all the streets, maybe. Anyway, I'm just sorting the distribution side of things and I'm hoping it will be out by next month for streaming on all the usual suspects. Big in Kazakhstan, big in Kazakhstan, big in Kazakhstan, big in Kazakhstan, big Kazakhstan. So I got this random email a couple of weeks ago, which I just assumed was spam, but turns out there's a degree of legitimacy to it. Essentially, it's trying to get me to subscribe to some analytics software which has access to lots of data from Apple about podcasts that use their service, to which Lager Time is one. It turns out. Lager Time is ranked number 58, according to the email, in the category of personal journals in Kazakhstan. Ignoring the fictional character Borat, I genuinely don't know much about Kazakhstan. I have a feeling my dad may have went there briefly in the 80s. It looks massive on the map, but I now feel inclined to do a bit of reading. So if anyone is actually listening in Kazakhstan and wants to educate me, large up. In fact... If anyone anywhere is actually listening, nice one. Last time I logged into the analytic bit on my Apple, my numbers were seemingly so low that it didn't produce any data at all. Either way, it made me and my wife smile until I told her we were relocating there immediately to cash in on my newfound fame. So that's it for now, as ever. If you like what I'm doing, let me know. If you don't, let me know. Subscribe and share if you can. Have a great weekend. 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 Gloom in bloom. Outside my window, I can see seven shades of green soaking up the rain. Up above, bowens go back and forth in regular one minute intervals adding two to three shades of man-made gloom. Wearing the sky like a don, a wood pigeon perches in the balding apple tree, sporting four, making it the undisputed world heavyweight champion of Grey and Hawley. Rose-tinted pram cover. I've got this memory, at least I think it's a memory, that on occasion comes back to me when it rains and I'm sitting still. I'm in that navy blue pram being pushed by a mum down the Balkan Road, probably on the way back from the post office where mum used to collect the child benefit every Tuesday. There's a transparent plastic cover above my head attached to the pram, protecting me from the raindrops, which are making delicate patterns on the plastic and gentle pitter-patter rhythms. Up above I can see wet green leaves hanging off those big trees that line the street. I'm warm, tucked up underneath some sort of blanket that may have been knitted by my mum or by my nano. I feel the motion in the wheels and occasionally hear the sound of the springs built into the frame. It evokes this melancholic feeling I'm very fond of and often find myself craving to be bathed in. Though it's just occurred to me that whenever I do think back to it, I've never considered whether or not my mum was getting wet.
shrug shoulders, drop head and carry on. I've got a blower full of apps to watch, listen, play and learn. I've got a shelf full of books, a telly with untold channels and a load of DVDs, a pair of legs, working lungs, a bunch of green spaces and a world famous winding river just down the road. Ask me what I want to do though and I'll flood my brain with all of the above, quickly overload until it's all too much. So I shrug my shoulders and resort to default, which ain't much. Wrap some old bars I wrote, pretend to DJ, stuff food down my throat. I want to do it all, mate, but don't know where I'm supposed to start. First days in Porto. Felt like a foreign exchange kid, missing his family. Though grateful for the roof his host would have provided, just not wanting to seem ungrateful, so chooses to keep stum. It was a similar case with me, cooped up in a small apartment whilst it lashed down outside, Porto style. I lacked the means to provide the accommodation, or much else for that matter. Like a traveller lacking a driver's licence, so takes the train. There's no way that traveller bolts up to the driver to dictate the journey and destination. So I stayed passive and largely did what I was told. Counting down the days till my family and mates arrived. Wondering at any point if I'd get asked how I was doing and whether I was a prick for even thinking that. Certainly felt like one. Campfire I'm sat around the festival campfire, hands subtly in my pocket, finger caressing a detonator which if pressed would cause a water cannon to pump gallons onto the flames, knock the guitar out that prick's hand and drench the rest of these condescending smug elitist hypocrites, sending them swimming in a sea of expensive tents and elaborate camping gear. Meanwhile, I'll kick over the vegan food stand and go and get a doner kebab. Then probably feel bad, terrible, for kicking over the vegan food stand. I tell myself that was unnecessary. I'd made my point with the water. I'd try and work out some form of apology and a way to atone. Or I just suck this scene up, bid these pricks goodnight and hope they don't keep me awake with their vacuous platitudes. Us and them analogies said in inoffensive accents rounded off of a diabolical sing-song. I hope not. I really do. He who dares. It's possibly the most heroic thing I've ever done. Was on my way to work, early as usual, looking forward to getting stuck into that scrambled egg on toast once I got to Greyhound Lane. My chariot was the 118, the Morden to Brixton Express, all in all a decent bus, but a little temperamental when it came to sticking to the timetable. I roll up Crown Lane, get round the corner and into the bus station and see the 118 indicators on, and with a couple of people boarding. I gave it toes, got to the bus, got my hands on the glass, imploring the driver to open the door, but he was having none of it, mate. Geezer drove the bus off, wanker. I flipped round to check the digital display to see when the next bus was. 27 minutes. 
Not only would that mean I'd not have time to eat my scrambled egg on toast, I'd be late into work. I'm rarely late and I pride myself on my punctuality. I was furious. I don't like sudden changes of plans. It's like it opens the gate on a rogue sewage pipe and starts pumping shit into a reservoir destined for drinking taps. My brain was flooded with a squillion useless thoughts as I stood there probably frowning looking back and forth at the board whilst the bus sat in the morning more than high street traffic not knowing what to do. It then occurred to me that the next stop was a short walk away at the other end of the high street and round the corner in front of Morden Hall Park. There was normally a bunch of rowdy school kids who got on there disturbing my peace in which I liked to read on a daily basis. There was a fair amount of traffic going through the high street. If I'm quick, I might, might just make it to the next stop. I also might not make it and look like a dickhead in front of those kids. Somewhere in the midst of all that nutfaff going on in my head, my legs must have made an executive decision and declared martial law because suddenly I was flying down the high street, ducking in and out of morning commuters and local crackheads, racing towards the traffic lights by Sainsbury's. I overtook the bus whilst it was sat behind the queue of other buses and cars and got to the end where Sainsbury's is, knowing I know I had to cross the road, which could lose me time. I needed light and for once my light bulb worked and I actually had a good idea in real time. I clocked the bus was a few vehicles back, so I pushed the button on the traffic sea light, hoping that it would go red when the 118 rolled up and give me a much needed window to get over the other side of Morden Hall Road and make it to the next stop. I pressed the button, keeping that next stop in mind, jumped the lights, double trying, racing across the side of the bus station to that carpet shot of a permanent closing down sale and dashed to the next set of lights. I quickly turned my head back to see the 118 roll up to a red light and stop. With no bod trying to cross the road, I could almost hear the driving tutting mug. It worked! I dashed across Morden Hall Road, invoking a horn from some prick in a people carrier. Got to the other side, looked back to see the 118 swinging round the roundabout and straighten up whilst kicking the dust like an angry bull about to charge. I thought about that driver, and I thought, fuck you, mate. Then I thought about that scrambled egg on toast. Spied a small group of rude boys up ahead, school bags swinging. I leaned in, then imagined I was Linford Christie, eyes bulging out his head and gave it everything I had. Bug eyes fixed on that bus stop ahead. I could hear the 118's engine creep up behind me and all the morning traffic filing past. The bus overtook me and then slowed down to a stop, opened the doors and the school kids started to pile on. I was closing in, just as the last few were climbing the board, just got the glimpse of an unnecessarily oversized football bag disappearing to the door as I made it. Just as the driver was pressing the close button, breathless, I whipped out my oyster, swapped it, have that, I mumbled to the driver, thinking I was some kind of League 2 MacGyver. Dickhead didn't even look at me, fuck him. I bowled upstairs and my usual seat was still empty, wiped the sweat off my brow, pulled the book out of my bag. I'm basking that major feeling of a minor victory. It's longer time. Yay! Yay! Longer time. Poems, stories, and thoughts. By me, Paul Cree. Who else?